On this episode of the podcast, I tell the guys a tale of penny-pinching and stubbornness that resulted in the loss of one of hockey's greatest snipers. Real snipe Selly. Real snipe Selly, boys. I hate hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but we love Mismanagement. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Recline that this <laughs> This whole thing was bungled. <laughs> Recline that sofa and loosen that tie because this is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sleazy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. This week, we are discussing some NHL history. Warning to any and all Detroit Red Wings fans, of which I am one. Oh. Yeah, it's a sad time. But can we just remember... That we began one of the longest playoff streaks in NHL history, 25 years straight, just a short decade and a half after the time this story took place. So there's that. So let's keep our heads up. We're still one of the best franchises. And there's how's it going? Out there. How's it going this season? I don't want to talk to you <laughs> or about the se- modern hockey. The thing you need to know about modern hockey, you don't out. need to have the best odds for the number one draft pick. Like the Red Wings have had for the last three straight years. Uh, you yeah. just get the fourth overall Can we just pick. talk about how all the sports Detroit gets shafted in all these lottery-type situations? They're like, we don't want Detroit to have star power. Well, if you had a better city. Detroit You're- would burn <laughs> if you had all-star You're teams. thinking about 2008 Detroit. Oh, yeah. Detroit in 2021. It might not be the Detroit of 2017. No, no, I don't know. I haven't been around. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to stand here and defend it till, well, I get tired of it. I'm not going to die on that. That's why you're Detroit's favorite son. Mm, Not even a son, (laughs) technically. (laughs) A a distant neighbor. (laughs) But let's not talk about that. We're talking today about the 1970s and the throngs of what is known as the Dead Wings era. The time, as you might imagine, named for the comical lack of success experienced by a traditionally winning franchise. Uh, leading up to the 1970 season, just to juxtapose this with some positive notes. Yeah, it's a good word, right? Detroit, one of the original six NHL teams. Which were? Well, uh, I almost wrote the list down. <laughs> but there were four Americans. No, I want Canadian. all wrong answers. <laughs> wrong answers only? Uh, well, Colorado Rockies for one. <laughs> the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken Golden Knights. That's Vegas. That would be an awesome mascot right there. A Kraken Golden Knight. A cr- that's unbeatable. <laughs> they should merge franchises. <laughs> With our powers combined. Oh, we should do that. We should talk about which teams would be awesome if they merged. Mascot versus actual team build up. That's a different thing. We'll keep going. <laughs> we'll have a segment for it. Don't worry. I'm sure but, we'll run out of material eventually. <laughs> Never. <laughs> as long as stupid people get GM jobs, yeah. we're going to have a podcast. Well, There's people like Bill O'Brien. Oh, all the power. Bill <laughs> O'Brien, that tool. All right. Love him. <laughs> Moving on. Up to 1970, the Red Wings had appeared in about 40% of all Stanley Cups. Uh, that 40% is 18, and had won 16% of all Stanley Cups, which was seven. So they had gone seven 
for 18, which eh, not, great. not a great percentage, but they were there. A whole they made lot. It. Uh, just it's like the LeBron of hockey. He doesn't have a great percentage Ooh. in the finals, but he's there. He's there. Yeah. He's there constantly. <laughs> and when the Red Wings retire, like LeBron, we will appreciate them more. <laughs> Franchise retires. If they keep getting abused, Detroit, I think, should just secede. And they'll skate off into <laughs> we the sunset. Our own lead. Yes, precisely. Uh, however, in 1971, franchise leader Gordy Howe, the all-time franchise goals and points leader for the team, retired, followed shortly thereafter by Hall of Famer Alex Delvecchio in 1973. The loss of these two all-time talents thrust the organization into a tailspin that largely contributed to the team missing the playoffs 12 times in the next 13 years, wow. from 70 to 83. The loss of Delvecchio as a player hurt, but the acquisition of him as a coach and GM may have hurt the Red Wings worse. No, <laughs> you never love to see that. No, Delvecchio uh, became a coach of the team in his final year of play in 73-74. So he was playing and coaching at the same time. Honestly, Here's the strategy, boys. Pass me the puck, and I will shoot. He Honestly. was, in fact, the captain. Yeah. Honestly, do as the captain I think, says. I think LeBron's going to do the same thing. <laughs> I think in the NBA, that's basically what just happens yeah, right. anyway. It's like you're I got Kyrie and Kevin Durant over here saying, it's like, I don't think we have a coach. <laughs> Steve Nash Aww. just... Quietly sitting there being like, oh, hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> nice old Canadian boy. Oh, what a fella. <laughs> the following season in 74-75, Del Vecchio shed the player coach role and took on the role of coach GM. But we'll <laughs> Coach, coach. <laughs> coach, coach, GM, coach. <laughs> we'll get into the ramifications of that a little later on. So where is the owner of this team? <laughs> oh, Vecchio is just like, no, I am the, I am the coach. Oh, I know the, the owner. Now. Bruce Norris, mm -hmm. the notorious Bruce Norris. Yes. Uh, we will talk about him <laughs> okay, briefly okay. later on, but we should have a whole podcast all episode right, about him. The Norris family, of which he is part, owned all four American teams of the original six. Why? And they just traded all of them to the right wings. <laughs> it's like, what do you do with <laughs> that? That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> shh, shh, quiet, quiet. I don't want to talk right. to you. No, a fun, okay, quick pit stop. It's we will get back to the story at hand. But this guy, Bruce Norris, he traded their Ted Lindsay, who there's a ward named after him, <laughs> from the Red Wings to the Blackhawks, uh -huh. a hated rival, because Ted Lindsay threatened, not threatened, but just wanted to start the NHL Player Union. <laughs> you dare try you to want to start a union and it's me? I'm sending you to Chicago. <laughs> and he just sent him off. But once again, we're not here to talk about him. But fun facts. Despite the lack of success of the Dead Wings, there were a few bright spots within their organization. Most notably, star center Marcel Little Beaver Dion. <laughs> the Little Beaver. The Little Beaver. He was Canadian. That makes my hope so. <laughs> I would pray to God. Oh, the little beaver, eh? Oh, it's the little beaver. Somebody oh. said the little beaver over Oh, here. the little beaver that could. <laughs> Keep your hockey sticks away from him. Oh, you build that damn little beaver, man. Oh, that damn little beaver, oh, man. It's all made of hockey sticks. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> Dion. Detroit selected Dion second overall in 1971. And he immediately made an impact as he averaged almost a point a game, leading the team in total points his rookie season. 
Over the next three seasons, Dion only got better, culminating in a 128-point performance, which is about 1.5 points per game. Uh, for those of you not aware of hockey, points is a combination of goals and assists. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did that in 74-75, leading the Red Wings in points for the third time in four years. How, however, even with Dion's top-tier play, the Red Wings consistently posted sub-500 seasons. Detroit was steadily developing a losing culture, and it understandably frustrated Dion. <laughs> He's like, I'm giving my all, man. Come on. Why? Why, guys? Why? Can't you do anything better? No, seriously. It's like Dion, and then, obviously, Delvecchio is still <laughs> playing out the last few years. It's because Delvecchio started himself a goalie for some reason, which was not his position. <laughs> he wanted to try it out. Yeah. He's like, I've always wanted to be the goalie, but my coach never let me. Now I'm the coach. <laughs> now I'm the coach and general manager and the player, and I'm king. And no one owner. can tell me no more. <laughs> now I'm the goal. Um... Yeah, so Dion was pretty frustrated, and this was causing a bit of tension in his relationship with the front office. Uh, the unfortunate timing, however, was that Dion was set to become a restricted free agent Ooh. after the 74-75 season. Uh, now, we have to talk about this interesting point in history. Uh, free agency was pretty complicated. Uh, stupid complicated, actually, because we were at its inception. <laughs> but did we have a union yet? <laughs> no, not quite. Oh. Well, it's because players didn't really have a ton of rights at this point. <laughs> they were they were owned. <laughs> the concept of free agency had just been ad- introduced in American <laughs> sports a few years earlier. What if we didn't play for the same <laughs> team over it all? What are you thinking? That's nonsense. We can't do that. What if we could change teams without being traded? <gasps> choose where we went. I know. You shut your mouth. Sports was less progressive than the nation because this happened at the <laughs> it was introduced in like 68 in the MLB. So like the end of the 60s when sports were like, huh, huh, progress. Imagine. I'd like to get me a slice of that. <laughs> I'd like to create a super team. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it just started in the MLB a few years earlier, earlier and had only been around for a couple of years in the NHL, like 71, I think. Uh, <laughs> like 71 years. <laughs> just a couple of 1971, years. Josh. Oh, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. (laughs) It also was not like the free agency we know and understand today. In the NHL, full unrestricted free agency wasn't implemented until 1995. (laughs) So we have like 24 years of every free agent is technically restricted in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Um, The novelty of free agency, however, allowed for some pretty wild contract offers in his first few years of existence. Uh, keeping that in mind, we can now continue to move forward in the story. All right. So despite his dissatisfaction with losing and with the uh, owner, Bruce Norris. He had no right, so <laughs> he just had to sit there and be sad. Uh, Dion was willing to commit to Detroit in exchange for being paid as one of the best players in the league. Because he was, in fact, one of the best players in the league and super young. <laughs> He had some immense leverage as he was one of the first players to go on the market without bidding restrictions. Whoa. So this was a few years into NHL free uh, agency. And so this around this time, then a newspaper article, like pretty recently, Dion was reflecting on this time. And he claims that he was the first player to go on the market without pay restrictions. I don't know if that's true or not, but we can ride with it. Um, so yeah, some pretty crazy offers started to pour in. Um, 
Now, it's important to remember that Del Vecchio was an old-school hockey player that peaked <laughs> long before the time of free agency. So the process... This, this new confangled <laughs> free agency is not as good as hockey was in my day. My day, you just played where you were told to play. You played for the Norrises, and the Norrises told you where to go. <laughs> Don't you dare join the union. <laughs> but yeah, he's old-school. He peaked... Before free agency, so the prospect of star players making insane amounts of money probably stung him just hey, a little bit. That's not fair. <laughs> it doesn't happen literally after he retired. He made more money than me. I, you know how good I was? And to see star players that weren't as good as you in your prime making a ton yeah. of money, that has to hurt just yeah. a little bit. But he's now coach GM. What more does this guy need? Well, I mean, additionally, he can make his own contract. Right. <laughs> I'm going to pay the coach $12 billion. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> Additionally, Dovecchio primarily knew Dion as a teammate, not as an asset, so his assessment of the star was probably a little bit skewed. You are nothing to me. <laughs> You're just some dumb rookie that I used to whip with a towel. <laughs> I'm not You paying. carried my bags. <laughs> Get in my bag, Dion. There's still hazing going my on. My little beaver. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it no. sounds so sinister when you say it like that. <laughs> I think it's the only way to pronounce it, honestly. <laughs> Enunciate, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, Del Vecchio attempted to negotiate with Dion, but the LA Kings made an offer of five years, $1.5 million. <gasps> That's about $300,000 a year. Um, the richest contract in NHL history. An offer too good for Dion to refuse. However, let's remember... As a restricted free agent. Mm. So Detroit had the opportunity match. to match. Mm -hmm. uh, Dion accepted the offer and Delvecchio refused to match the expensive <laughs> contract. Not like they were paying. They had just lost their two star players, him being one. Yep. So they had the money. But they were paying him $12 billion. Coach <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's inexplicable. Mm -hmm. Delvecchio basically he just said no. I think That's somebody was a bit jealous. Of mm. the little beaver because he had a better nickname and oh, a great nickname was making more money. So, but yeah, he decided not to match, and the little beaver moved to Los Angeles. Now, you may be a bit confused because so I'm far so in this story, it appears as a simple case of franchise penny pinching that resulted in the loss of a great player. And in modern times, that would be all it was. Um, and it would still meet the minimum requirements to qualify as a case of mismanagement. But as I mentioned before, free agency was an unfamiliar territory at this time, and NHL executives wanted to make sure that the practice didn't result in lopsided deals before they fully fleshed out the intricacies of free agency. Enter a Chris Paul to the Lakers-esque scenario. Hey, it would have been great. That would have been so fun. Honestly, awesome. they probably could have taken notes from this and done what the NHL does instead of just nixing it. <laughs> No. Um, although it's a little different. It's complicated. Dion was by far Detroit's best player at this time. So the <laughs> NHL stepped in and insisted that if he was going to play for the Kings, it would need to be via a sign and trade so that the Red Wings could be compensated fairly. <laughs> no, no. I don't <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't want your charity. I'm Delecchio. I don't need anything. <laughs> now let that sink in for a moment. Also, also, the Little Beaver is only our best player if you ask anyone except me. Yeah. Delecchio. I'm, I'm still the best player. I'm the coach and the GM. I think I know who's the best. It is me. <laughs> Oh, I'm Gordy. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> but, yeah, the Red Wings 
allowing Dion to walk was so boneheaded and potentially franchise damaging that the league said <laughs> we have to intervene. Or imagine you- getting that memo. It'd be like, oh wait, they they're letting him go for how much? <laughs> they have no. We can't do this to them. They just send a memo back, being like, "Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? You don't want to think about this." Imagine being the Kings and yeah. being like, "Awesome!" And then them being like, "No, no, no! You can't just be. You better. can't just have him, dude. That would suck." Ten points of mismanagement to Alex Delvecchio. Yes, and and that's a lot on the mismanagement point scale. Let yeah. me tell you, we <laughs> we cherish our points. It's like uh, soccer rules. Now. Delvecchio was burdened with the responsibility of establishing and obtaining fair trade value for his star. In this effort, uh, the Kings received the 23-year-old Dion and 28-year-old defenseman Bart Crashley. <laughs> what a name! <laughs> I thought Delvecchio was going to trade himself. <laughs> you get me. Take me with you. The ultimate prize. I hate Dion. I will bury him. I will follow him his whole career. But yes, Crashley, an amazing <laughs> hockey player name. Uh, he was just a utility player to... Yeah. Just you know, yeah, you know, balance. when you just add people on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Detroit, in return, would receive the 36-year-old defenseman, Terry Harper, 25-year-old left wing, Dan Maloney, and a second-round draft pick. Nice. Uh, Harper would play four seasons with Detroit, averaging 0.29 points per game, uh, not great, and a negative 0.25 plus and minus over that span, uh, which, honestly, I'm going to use plus and minus a few times here. But in their defense, plus and minus is usually more indicative of the team than it is any particular player. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still is indicative of the player's <laughs> contribution. Yep. You know, <clears throat> uh, Maloney would play two and a half seasons with Detroit, averaging an admirable 0.77 points per game. Not bad. And a better. 0.33 plus and minus. So both the plus and minuses are pretty negligible, but not <laughs> they're just not good. <laughs> Both players contributed as would be expected, but clearly were not the talent level to make up for the production of Dion or revitalize the floundering Red Wings franchise. Additionally, Detroit used their second round pick they acquired from the Kings to trade for 32-year-old left wing Dennis Hextall. Ooh. Hextall played wow. two full seasons. Yeah. 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 You're going to talk to him later. Oh, or I'm someone talk with about his, his son. His son. Or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> it's different. Remember. I don't know. Hextall. I thought that name looked familiar. <laughs> Hextall played two full seasons, bookended by two half seasons with the Wings, averaging uh, 0.63 points per game and a, an abysmal negative 8.25 plus and minus. Once again, decent production outside the plus and minus, but altogether mediocre, as represented by the lackluster performance of the Wings. Um, the Red Wings would continue to flounder for another decade, averaging a dismal 37% winning percentage over the next eight seasons before returning as a common playoff team in the mid-80s and eventually staging a full recovery in the 90s and onward. But what of our little beaver? <gasps> what of the little beaver? What of the little beaver, no? You want, to, beaver, eh? you want to start my little beaver? No. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, let's take a few steps back and then burst forward. <laughs> Not, no, uh, no, I wish you weren't so awkward, but <laughs> Well, John would go on to play 11 and a half seasons with the Kings and become the face of their franchise. He averaged a whopping 1.41 points per game, posting 550 goals and 757 assists for a total of 1,307 points. 
an amazing tenure that was enough to earn him the spot as the King's all-time leader in points and assists, a position he still holds to this day. He would win the Ted Lindsay Award, regular season uh, MVP is what that is, um, mm. different than the actual MVP. The Hart Memorial. NHL has weird, no, weird sense. stuff. But it's basically, they're voted upon regular season MVP, but different, I don't know. Anyways, he won that twice in 78, 79, and 79, 80. And his time with the Kings and the Art Ross Trophy, which is the award for scoring leader in 79, 80. Now, he won it that year, but he tied Gretzky for points, but he edged him out by scoring two more goals uh, than uh, than old Wayne, which let that just be a soft reminder that Gretzky is a god. Yes, always and forever. Like, the only reason he didn't, like... This yeah. guy has a career year, and Gretzky's like, ah, it's a down year for me. <laughs> it's fine. I'll let you win it. You can time. have yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get another. Don't worry about it. All this talk about who's the best, like, team sport athlete of all time, and we're all talking about Brady's and Jordan's and LeBron's. I'm like, um. Bill Russell. Gretzky was a god. Yes. Gretzky has more assists tallied than the second place person has for all points scored. And points are goals and assists total. Yep. No, it's wild. You just take Bretsky's assists alone, (laughs) and he has more than second place has goals and assists. Put some respect on his name. That's all we're saying. Dion was also just as good Canadian fella as he won the Lady Bing Award for being the best sport. (laughs) An actual award, ironically, hockey has. Uh, He won it in 75 with the Wings and again in 77 with the Kings. A bonus to this amazing acquisition, LA Kings GM Jack Kent Cook was also GM of the Lakers at this time oh, in 75. Uh-huh. Awesome. Exactly a week before acquiring Dion, mm-hmm. he acquired Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the Lakers. Not a bad week. Also, also pretty good. It was a pretty freaking great week. <laughs> While Dion never delivered a title to LA, he brought consistency and reputability to the Kings franchise. He was an all-time generational and Hall of Fame talent that the Red Wings let walk out the door. A type of talent that could have easily shortened the Dead Wings era and revitalized the franchise. But alas, he was a king. And history pushes forward. C'est la vie. My little beaver. Anyways, (laughs) now that we've presented one of the worst moves in NHL history, we're feeling pretty comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs who believe uh, we believe need a little amateur help to make their decisions. Uh, Josh, you want to go ahead and kick us off there? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll try. Uh, So my dear GM this week goes out to Buffalo Sabres GM Kevin Adams. Last year, your superstar and captain Jack Eichel expressed frustration with being on a losing team year after year. And well, you guys are at the bottom of the East Division and things are not looking up. It's time to strike while the iron is hot and deal uh, good old Jack. My favorite landing spot for the 24-year-old center is the Los Angeles Kings. Hmm. You (laughs) The Kings need a uh, solid and consistent center play. And as a team that's been rebuilding for a few years after the 2012 and 2014 playoff runs, they have some good assets. I do like consistent center play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gross. (laughs) My suggestion is this. LA receives Jack Eichel. And Buffalo receives a 2021 first. The 2021 third that LA has that really belongs to the Maple Leafs. And 21-year-old center Gabriel Villardi. Villardi. Villardi? 
Yeah. Well, are Those are uh, some pretty <laughs> bad picks. What? Just because no. the teams are good. What? No. No. <laughs> no, no, sir. No, sir. So Buffalo passes off $5.5 million in cap over to L.A. Plus, they get a young up-and-comer and two picks. L.A. in return gets a big name in their large market, and they have a better chance to catch up to the Golden Knights, the Blues, and the Avalanche in their division. Nice. <laughs> you don't want to catch up to an Avalanche. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you do. You want to ride that thing. Like right. wave. Yeah, and I'm gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> An avalanche really is just a frozen wave. Have you ever thought about that? Sure. He hasn't thought about it. <laughs> I have not. My dear GM goes out to the newly hired Penguins GM, Ron Hextall. I feel like you talk about Pittsburgh sports she every time we Pittsburgh do this podcast. so much. You don't hear me being like, Oakland, Oakland, Oakland. Yeah, like I just talked about Detroit's <laughs> badness. And in football, the first time we did it, I gave a suggestion to the Giants. <laughs> yeah. And I'm an Eagles fan. So, like, what is this? With this I just the Bengals. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. I talked the Pirates once. Yeah, and you yeah. yelled at them for being the Pungles. Yeah, and also <laughs> you made – you it was getting the Bengals to be better by making an actual rival worse. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. It doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't Westover. count. Westover. Just do it. It's okay. I love you, Ron. You're in a tough situation. You were hired mid-season after the former GM resigned and retired out of the blue. In disgrace? <laughs> no, he. I think just health related. They didn't really. He didn't really give much of a reason. Uh, I'm too old for this. Seventy-two. I think. That's pretty old. Good night. He'd be younger than our last two presidents. <laughs> I mean, Rutherford built. The team that's won three cups. Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say Rutherford after I randomly talk about presidents. <laughs> but Ron comes to the Penguins organization that's been a contender for the last five years, winning back-to-back cups in the 15-16 and 16-17 seasons. It's so good. <laughs> the team started out slow this season with the injury bug just kind of crushing them out the gate, and they sure, haven't had yeah, a healthy roster. Injuries. Yeah. The Penguins are currently on a 14-year playoff streak, and while their record is good enough to make the playoffs <laughs> now, it's still a very thin margin between in and out of the playoffs in this shortened season. It's not 25 in a row. It's not yet. And never will be. While this team should be good enough to make the playoffs, they haven't won a playoff series since they won the Cup in 2017. One glaring oh, weakness bad. is goalie. <laughs> Tristan Jerry played out of his mind last year. So good that the former GM traded away two-time cup winner Matt Murray in the offseason to make Jerry the number one. Jerry has not been playing to the standards of a number one goalie, and with the upcoming expansion draft, there are some pretty clear-cut players that will be safe and then others that will be up for grabs that could be drafted away. So why not make it splash now, clear some cap space, and make one a final run at the cup in Crosby's final years? My proposal is this. The Pens trade for Pecorine and the twenty and a twenty twenty one second overall pick or second round pick, not overall. <laughs> give me the second, give me the second, the second overall. overall pick. Whoever has it, we don't know what's gonna happen. Just give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> and the Predators get uh, left wing Teddy Bluger, right wing Colton Seviar, and uh, prospect Steve Josh <laughs> Curry. With the Preds rumored to be trading Flip Forsberg in the coming months. They- <laughs> Anyone named Flip? <laughs> uh, I I hope you have a kid one day, and his name's Flip. 
I'll keep that in mind. Bro. I want it so bad. I like the alliteration of his name, too. Flip Forsberg. <laughs> I flip for Ber- Forsberg. <laughs> There's nothing there. Let's move on. <laughs> With the trade of Forsberg uh, being rumored, they can acquire Bluger to cover that spot on the roster while gaining young players in Seviar and Curry. The Pens can make a splashy move that fits in cap space and continue to... T- continue to contend in the Eastern Conference. While it'd be nice to trade for Marc-Andre Fleury and bring the old band back together, the owner of the Knights came out recently saying he would refuse to trade him away. With this deal, the Penguins can acquire a veteran goalie on the last year of his contract while clearing up roster space of players they would not be able to protect in the next upcoming expansion draft when the Seattle Kraken joins the league this offseason. The Kraken. Release the Kraken. I want them to draft all their players and then release them. <laughs> and just be like, we're not, we never, it was a joke. We never <laughs> wanted a franchise. And then, but it just is all on, release the Kraken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a move. Uh, all right. This week, I'm addressing Edmonton Oilers GM Ken Holland. Ken, my guy. Mm. The Oilers, once again, have the best player in the league in Connor McDavid, and your obscene scoring is a testament to that fact, as you are tied for first in the NHL for total points this oh, season. Good job. Yeah, good job, buddies. However, you're sitting at second place in the North because of an inability to prevent other teams from scoring, mm-hmm. as the Oilers place as the sixth worst team in points allowed this season. Kind of a uh, rags and riches situation simultaneous. Looking at the statistics of it all, it's clear that your problem is not in goal. Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith are both averaging an above 90% save percentage, while also fielding an absurd amount of shots against them. (laughs) Therefore, you need to begin limiting those shots by shoring up your defense. I propose the following. Edmonton receives Nikita Zadorov, and Chicago receives Mm. Josh Archibald, Theodore Lindstrom, a 2022 third, and cash consideration. Uh, Ethan Bear is still out with injury, and you are seeing the defensive production uh, for their minutes. You're not seeing the defensive production you want for their minutes out of Tyson Berry and Adam Larson. Darnell Nurse can't do it on his own, so go out there and get a young player who's posting strong numbers. He's been playing sub-20 minutes, but still has posted a .9 defensive play share and 70 hits matched with 28 blocked shots. The Blackhawks... Blackhawks are floundering, and Zadorov is set to become a restricted free agent this offseason, so you can persuade them to part with the young player fairly easily. Zadorov isn't a star, so it will be easy to get, but he is showing the potential to be a consistent and solid piece that could shore up your sieve of a defense. So just think about it, and uh, go get you that uh, potential golden goose from mm-hmm. Chicago. Also, screw the Blackhawks. And- <laughs> you- you go buy yourself something nice, go kid. Get yourself something nice. Go Red Wings. And that's the pod. Um, so first time ever we're going to say this. If you guys wanted to like follow or subscribe. Oh, yeah. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Those are just social media. Yeah, I was going to say Spotify, oh, Spotify and Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Those are the two major ones. But if you're like niche and yeah. groovy, there are other ones. Stitcher, um, we're on a bunch. Anchor. But yeah, if you could give us a, a, a like, maybe maybe a few stars on Apple Apple Podcasts. Yeah, maybe leave a comment if you like. Be like, oh, we love you guys. Stars. Like, hey, can I bully Westover too? Yeah, Westover is my least favorite. Give us some sweet burns to throw at this mm. uh, guy. Some shade, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, also on social media, like Westover said, go ahead and follow us. Um, we post semi regularly. We should post more though. Yeah, look at our Twitter account guy over here. Yep. 
Also, shout out to Adam Snavely for our um, podcast logo. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we write it down on our little descriptions, but we're not positive anyone reads those. Yeah, no, that's fine. You can follow him at, uh, <laughs> at it's Snaves. Yeah, it's Snaves. It's Snaves. He also has a splendid sports history podcast with his brother. It's all about soccer history. The and one s- sport we refuse to cover. <laughs> and, some, <laughs> and some modern soccer takes. Uh-huh. It's called Deadball Brothers. Um because they're brothers. Family. They're brothers with Blue Wire Podcast. So you go out there, you two go. Two brothers. Two brothers and a soccer ball. Yeah, it's better than this podcast. So you should really just turn this shit off and go Well, go listen to them. I don't know that that's what we're trying to communicate. <laughs> to, you can listen simultaneously and maybe turn up theirs a little louder. But no, just, if you listen at the same time, you'll actually hear our secret messages to each other. So I would not recommend If you that. play us backwards, we say some creepy <laughs> if shit. If you play us backwards while playing Dead Ball Brothers forwards, it will reveal our, our hidden treasure. Yeah, uh, there's like a the sound bite of Michael Jordan and LeBron James <laughs> crying together. Yep. It's a beautiful moment. It's a beautiful moment. Also, what were we saying? Uh, yeah. So follow, subscribe, like, give us great ratings. Um, also, if you have any stories that you want to hear, oh, yeah. any sports teams or a GM you've always hated or been disgruntled with, just shoot us a DM over social media, and we'll Except see what we can do. Pittsburgh fans, we'll get plenty of suggestions yeah. from West. We Don't worry. Pittsburgh, ugh, yeah. I hate Dallas the most, but <laughs> Pittsburgh just, it's really just the Cowboys. I don't mind other Dallas franchises. All the Pittsburgh franchises, I <laughs> want to like them. I want to, but their fans insist that I hate them. Well, it's okay because no Pittsburgh franchise has ever made a mistake, so there are no mismanaged stories. Um, Let's talk about the retention of Big Ben this offseason. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You guys have the worst QB in the division. The oldest by far. Yes. <laughs> so bad. But yeah. Let's wrap this up. Let's People wrap this up. Bored. In the words of the aforementioned NHL and Detroit Red Wings legend Gordy Howe, quote, all hockey players are bilingual. They know English and profanity. End quote. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember, this was mismanaged. <laughs>